What's up, everybody? This is Chris Perkins, and welcome to the first episode of Let's Get Graphic. On this podcast, me and the guys, Bryson, Dante, and Colton, are going to sit down, pop open a few drinks, and pick a topic in the graphic design world and just talk about it. Then you're probably sitting there wondering, who are these guys? Long story short, I started at a merchandising company almost seven years ago. Yada, yada, yada. We hired on three more guys to help out the team. And we used to just sit in the mornings and just talk about, you know, whatever was on our minds, whether that was clients that we were working with, projects that we were working on, video games, anime, you know, whatever was going on in our lives. After a while, we started kicking around the idea of starting a podcast. And me personally, I never thought that I would ever have enough to say to, you know, do this. But here I am. Who are we to give you tips? But all I got to say is it doesn't matter how many years you've been in the business. I mean, whatever experience you have, whatever ideas and thoughts and tips that you have, it's all going to be relevant to the next generation. So what we hope to accomplish with this podcast is one of two things. One, educate the incoming designers on things to expect in the design world, whether that's things to expect with clients, things to expect when designing, some tips and tricks to make things a little bit easier, freelancing tips, you know, whatever. This could go on forever or maybe a few months. Who knows? And the second thing, at the very least, we hope to be somewhat entertaining. You know, the four of us think that we're entertaining to each other, which is why we're sitting here in front of the mics talking about design to people. But that may not necessarily be the same thought as other people. But we're going to give it a shot. So hopefully as you're listening, you laugh, maybe cry, and take something away. If you like what we do, subscribe, review. We prefer five stars, but hey, we're just starting out. We may get a four. If you got any tips and tricks to help us become a better podcasting quadruple, quadruplet, quattro, Yeah, whatever it may be. If you get any ideas for us, feel free to hit us up on our Instagram, Let's Get Graphic Podcast. As designers, we're very good at taking criticism. And I don't mean that sarcastically whatsoever. And without further ado, grab your drinks. Let's get graphic. Graphic design is my passion. Oh, fuck. Do you want to explain why Harry Potter 4 is... Do you want to explain why you're wrong? I want to explain why I'm right. I just don't know how you want to start. So, Chris, you don't like the Goblet of Fire. I fucking hate it. Okay. Everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion. No, I'm not going to sit here and let you tell me it's the best one. It's the best one because it has dragons. You're out... Okay, yes. It's it's the Shonen Tournament arc. Come on. That's the best fucking... It's cool. It's cool. There's so much shit going on. Yeah, but you lose the whole purpose of the entire thing because they're all focused on... Maybe it's because it's more high school Who cares? Is that what the problem is? You don't like the romance? I think so. I think it's because it's so like... It's because Ron gets mad at Harry. Is that why? And they're not friends for most of it? Both of you. Although him getting mad at Harry is like really annoying because it's like, why are you upset? After all of, no, that, no, that's valid. After all of the shit that they've been through and all the times that he's been put into danger or sabotaged. Dude, I literally saved your sister's life. Like, you're going to get mad at me because you think I put my name in this cup? Yeah. Like, but it's like, in this it's death like you're game? his best, you've been his best friend for four years at this point. He's saved your life. He saved your sister. Like, why do you not trust his work? You're a right foul git, like you know he that? Lear- <laughs> he literally is telling you that he didn't put his name in Anything there. else? You're going to sit there and call him a liar? I mean, no one would ever have any reason to harm Harry, you know? Yeah, not at all. Not because he's a punk-ass bitch. Okay, but I will say the third one is not good either. Hold on, we're not done with this one. We're not done with this one. What's wrong? I, I, I told you the reason why It's I just like the... High school bullshit? That's your reason? It is It is on the, like, it is on the edge. It's like the reason why I don't watch TV shows that have to do with high school. 
some Riverdale type. I don't like Riverdale or any of that shit. Dude, like because... 75% of anime takes place in high school. What are you but talking it, about? <laughs> but it's different. They're all BXD. illustrated. Like it's they're cartoons. Also, they're also high school illustrated of the to be adults. They're actually 1,200-year-old vampires. How many, how many times have you sat through an anime and watched them in high school, but you forget that they're like 13? Never, because I've never well, watched an anime. Yeah, Fucking well, uncultured swine. This is like a coming-of-age story, kind of. This, this one's show to, to show us when, hey, whoa. This is when their hormones are starting. Look, at Neville's literally creaming his jimmies right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he just discovered himself in that moment. I got a long bottom bitch called a whole Neville. <laughs> I think I don't like the third one almost because it's like on the edge of that too, of just it's like high school BS and then it also like deviates from the main story in a way. What's the main story of just like Voldemort and like the aspect? Uh, I don't know. There's something about the third one that just seems very juvenile. More juvenile than the first and second. It's almost like well, they're kids. Yeah, almost right. But the, what do you watch the first and second one? I also don't like them as like I don't really start getting into it until the fifth. What even is the third one? The fifth one is. I like the third one. No, yeah, the third one's Preserved Azkaban. I thought that was two. Two is Chamber of Secrets. Look, I don't know anything about Harry Potter, so. You're a right foul get, too. I like how he said that he doesn't know anything about Harry Potter, but he's also, like, telling me that the fourth one is the best. Yeah, because Dripens are cool. That's all I know. You literally have the lightning scar on your forehead. What'd you say? say hard-ass tattoos? I don't remember what I said. You don't even know what you said. I'm going to, I'm just going to. Because I got it recorded, I'm we'll figure it out be later. convinced that that's what you said. Yeah, we'll, we'll have proof. All right, we should probably start then. Today's episode is about the design process, and we're going to begin. We talked about Harry Potter already. They heard our spiel. We're done with Potter. Enough of that. We'll save it. We'll save the other movies for the next one. Yeah, we're going to talk about the magical design process. All right, I'm going to, I'll start it out. I'm going to take this on the scale of a full project and not one design. Uh, it's probably going to end up being the same for all of us, I think. Well, you never know. There yeah. could be things that, about my process, you'll be like, ooh, that's super cool. Yeah. I'm going to try that. Yeah, because I don't do things fully naked. I guess you that's know already part of the process. The socks stay on during design. Oh, only my right sock. And it's like halfway off. Like the toes are all floppy. and it, it's The sock slowly rolls down my feet as I get through the process. That's how I know what, what section of the process I'm in. Perfect. So I usually start out with the research, obviously. At least I feel like that's the obvious part is the research, not just like... Reading the email? I don't do that. <laughs> well, we if know you can't read. To be What's read, research? Yes. So there's a lot, I guess, I guess you could say that if there's an email to be read from a client or I guess your boss, you got to interpret what your, the end goal is. So if that's like, you know, designing a collection for someone or a few designs, you got to kind of list out what is going. The scope. The, yeah. The scope of the project. So you got to, you know, write down. I need three designs. They got to go on these bodies. You don't really have to do the nitty gritty of like, you know, colorways and stuff like that quite yet because, you know, that's going to come as the designs kind of flesh out. But figuring out the, the flavor of what this project is. Yeah. So like once you have that, you kind of go into, I go into the research of the company itself or the brand itself to see what they're doing, the vibe. And then I kind of look at other companies in the same fields. I kind of, I, I want to know what other people are also doing in the same field or if anyone's doing it apparel at all, because you may be working on a client that doesn't have apparel at all. Maybe someone that's like a, then would you, would you look at like client base and stuff like that? Like who would be buying this? You know, who are there? Yeah, I think, it's it like comes hand in hand. So like the whole research thing kind of bounces around for me. Where I'll show you coming hand to hand. It, it kind of goes like looking at other. I look at them. I look at other companies in the same fields, and then I kind of get a direction. Like okay, well this company's doing this. This company's doing that, and I don't like doing something that other companies are doing. So it kind of puts like a a, a limiter or like a, a basis of like what I can and can't. Right. So like you have companies that are doing something. You don't want to you don't want to mimic another company's work. Exactly. Right. So you have like a vibe, but you also don't want to do something so drastic that you're the stuff you produce for this company Misses. is not going to hit. Yeah. So 
you want to be in the same ballpark, but you want to do it differently. So you kind of build your scope of what your project's going to be with the vibe of the company, what other companies are doing. And then you start working on like, all right, what you work on the look that you're trying to achieve. And I usually go off of like designers that I'm inspired by. And I'm, it may come naturally to me or the, the research process may take hours. You know, I don't, I think that's something that. That's a hard part about creative work that, you know, a lot of people just say, oh yeah, design this, go like start clicking. And it's like, no, like you really kind of have to like immerse yourself and like understand what you're designing for and to know what you're doing. It's not just flip the switch and start clicking buttons and hitting hotkeys. Yeah. I think arguably the research process is probably the part that takes the longest in my opinion. Yeah, only I would say probably like 25% of the time you spend designing is actually creating the design, you know? Yeah. I, I would, I would agree with that. I would say I, like, what people, what clients and people who aren't in the design field don't, don't realize is the design part of it is probably the one of the smallest pieces, other than like mocking everything else. Mocking up is just kind the of busy like this, yeah, the, the busy work. Yeah, the busy, yeah, the busy work. But like the research part takes up a lot because you you got to make sure that you're not copying. You got to make sure that the vibe is perfect. You got to. Make sure you got all your ducks in a row before you even get started. Well, I think that's because it's like the clients are already in the headspace of like, this is my brand. I know what it's about. And I also have, I'm not going to tell you, but I already have an idea of what it is I want. And I'm going to shut down whatever it is you show me when you first show me. But they're already in that headspace and they don't seem to understand that we're kind of designing for a bunch of different people. And I kind of have to jump around mentally as far as brands and styles and colors or audiences that we're selling to or whatever like we have to i guess kind of marinate in what it is that you have before we're able to create something that would actually be useful for you i guess yeah in a perfect world you could spend you know a full day just researching jotting down notes you know saving doing little thumbnail sketches like with pencil because the sketching part is also part of the research i wouldn't consider that the concept then like the concept portion in my way like for co- concepting for me is like when it's rotating the computer. Like when I'm an illustrator or Photoshop, like that's my concept part. The research or the sketching part of like designs is still part of the research for me. Like, I mean, because that's usually like I'm re- I'm looking at something and I want to like sketch something out really fast on my notepad. Like that's part of my research. Gotcha. Only because I do most of my work on the computer anyway. So like I don't, sketch out my logos or designs beforehand unless the design itself is very illustrative. I've tried to do that and I feel like it's, I get the best result from it, but it's not, it it turns into something that's not a reasonable time frame, if that makes sense. You know? And that's what I mean by perfect world is that if you have like a full day to dedicate to just like researching, like that's for me, that'd be ideal. But we all, all of us work in a field where holidays and, and uh like collection drops dictate how long we spend time on things and we're also working on like four or five projects for different clients at a time so you gotta that all day research time is probably really maybe a couple hours at best so you gotta figure out how where to not necessarily cut corners but how to like shorten the time on the research or the sketching and all that so that's part one is doing all the research part. Once you have everything kind of set. Once you know what you're going to do. Yeah. Once you know what you're going to do, you move on to like, you know, conceptualizing and that. And for me, it's really just like, I just jump into it. I open up my illustrator file. I pull any screen grabs into the file itself that I want to start. And I work off layout. So like it, all my designs are based on like a certain layout and it, it may also like hinder me in some cases because like I'm very symmetrical with my designs. And like, when you look at my stuff, it's very prevalent of like left side matches, right side. When you start, you like, say for example, it's a t-shirt and you're like, okay, this one's going to be an illustration and text as a back print. And then something smaller as the front print. And you'll design with those constraints in mind. Yeah. And, and I get like, 
I get my thought of like what text I want to use, whether it's like the established date, the if the company has a secondary like quote or name or like some tagline that goes along with it. Like I already know those aspects of the design that's going to go into it. But that's why I work with layout because it's like this layout may work for one company, but this company that I'm working on has like zero tagline, don't know the, the established date. Or it could be a new one, whatever the case. Like they don't have a lot of text that can go into it, so I gotta like dictate what my layout's gonna be based on that. Yeah, that's one of the, I guess you could say more frustrating things is when you're designing something for someone and they, all they have is literally just like a logo, their name or logo, and it's not like they don't have any slogans or established dates. But even that's something to go off because I know we've all had projects where it's like there's not even a logo. There's mm-hmm. just here's the name. And do whatever type you want and anything, you know, it's whatever you want. Oh, what's even worse is when you have, like, a name that is very short. Like, is maybe, like, four letters. And it's like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Like, it doesn't even work in a, an art. I have a brand that I want to say, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I think there's a sweet spot for, like, names where six letters, I think just you could get it to work on. Yes, because when you when you arc when you choose the arc letters, it's like when you hit four, you have that awkward like shape that it creates. Let me pick some really like short and like wide font so that the yeah exactly. But even when you pick a wide font, they like sit on the circle in a certain way Mm -hmm. that just like doesn't work. Or it looks like a military badge and say it's for like you know a climbing gym or something like. Oh God, abbreviations another one that gets me where it's like their name is an abbreviation. Yeah, it just I hate it. And they're like, you can't use the full name for this. It's like, why? That'd be so much better if you'd let me just spell it out, please. Don't you want to be known? Don't you want your name? But doesn't it look cool? Tell me it doesn't look. Yeah, but we can't do it. Sorry, it's not in our guidelines. Fuck you. I'm the designer. (laughs) (laughs) So like so the concept, like I do everything layout based in designs unless like I really want to get into like unless the client is like an illustration like is necessary. Like if the client and like an illustration that works with it is like perfect, but I just, I I don't know. There's something about the layout of design that just appeals to me. It's like aesthetically pleasing and things are like perfectly symmetrical. And it just, I feel accomplished when in the end you look at design and like, it's like everything is fleshed out. That, I mean, it's pretty interesting that you go from like a layout perspective, like, I feel like mine's very different, you know, like I, I don't think about how it's going to be mocked up at the very end. I'm more focused on like the badge itself. You know what I mean? Like, does the badge look cool? And, you know, does it stand alone by itself and look good? And then I figure out like, oh, I could pair this and it could be a big back print, you know? And I, I always start with like illustration first. So it's not like I make a badge and think, okay, I have this space to fill and make my illustration based on that. It's a much more how would I say like, like a painter's approach where they're just like start splashing paint and moving things around and like, you know, build the layout around your illustration a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I I think I feel like I kind of do the opposite. I think a lot of times I'll find like a general like shape and then try to work. I have like an idea of what the illustration might be, but then try to work that into the, the shape that I feel looks cool and would fit the text all right in there rather than, making a, a shape based off of the illustration. Yeah, I guess that is interesting between like the four of us is that the three of you are like more like I guess when y'all were hired, y'all were more like illustrated from the get go. So it's like your brains are already like building I can't, I can't draw for shit. Fuck you. Yes you can. <laughs> <I> can. <laughs> so it, it, like in my, in my mind like I always get the layout first. I guess in what you were saying Dante where it's like I get the layout done first and then it's like, okay, I got this space to work with. Mm -hmm. What illustration can I put into this space? And the illustration I come up with may end up working for that. Or I may be inspired during the illustration process and that illustration is going to change my layout. But it's like one is going to shape the other just depends on like what is more powerful as a concept. Yeah. Or the illustration may create a second concept. And I think that like, and that's usually that the whole concept portion is that how many concepts are you going to come up with for one design? If you have that type of freedom to do so. 
And I guess that's more of like a freelance, like a freelance way of doing the design process. Cause like you're dictating how many concepts you want to present your client mm-hmm. versus when you're working in the apparel industry, you're usually like, all right, they're telling me they want three designs. So I'm going to make them three designs. So you already have that thought in mind of how many concepts you're going to present in the end. You take into account your brief. Yep. That's the first thing you get an idea mentally, what like through gathering inspiration or looking at some designers that inspire you. And you maybe flesh out some concepts through sketching and stuff and figure out like, the vibe, the direction, subject matter that you kind of want to go into. Yeah. And so now we're into the actual click and button process. I know I talked a little bit like I like to draw first, get the illustrations and then make a badge around it. Um, Did we cover what you guys do? You guys kind of do a mix or do you want to talk about that more? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty not much more to be said about it than that. It's kind of a, it depends on the situation. It's a little bit of a mix of, Kind of both what you guys do, I would say. So you think it would be it would behoove a designer to be flexible with something like For this, sure. be able to do it both ways or all the ways. Definitely, and I don't know if we touched on this, but I feel like a lot of the times after I get through the research portion and kind of have an idea of what I want to do, once I actually get into the designing portion, it's kind of trial and error in a way, and I usually end up with something that I wasn't even intending to make mm-hmm. in the first place. Oh yeah. I think that that happens more often than not because you can't really tell how something's going to look until you do it and it, it it could end up looking like shit. So even with sketches, you can have a pretty fleshed out sketch that you think looks decent and then when you go to actually digitizing it, you're like I want to make this a looks comment nothing that, like what I wanted it to look like. I want to make a comment that we've re- used the word flesh entirely way too much or not enough. Yeah, I guess I guess we'll have Just a, a count. We'll have a counter at the end. And how many times? <laughs> the flesh, flesh counter. I think we're at like five at this point. Okay, so you just said digitizing process. There's the big debate of, you know, making your illustration in Illustrator, in Photoshop, or in Procreate, like me. Um, what do you guys do, like with your illustration? How do you prefer to do it? You know, do we have a stance on what the proper way to do an illustration is? I will say the proper way is whatever gets you the best results. I used to be illustrator only. And that's just because, you know, I didn't have the resources to like hand draw anything. Um, and now I'm a procreate boy. I like to do all my sketches in procreate. My boy be procreating. Uh, boy. Uh, I like to do all my sketches in procreate. I like to get any inspiration and layer everything together on one big file. So I just have like a big mess of stuff to look at, pick my colors, pick everything. And I'll draw my sketches in procreate and I'll flesh them out in procreate and I will image trace them if I can. It's, it's just so much faster than to me than starting in illustrator and pen tooling everything out. That's it's, it's, that's such a slow I mean, process. There's people that can like, Draw like a mofo in Illustrator. Yeah, I know for sure. And get one of those big, they're... like, uh, what are they? The huge Wacom tablets with like the screens. That's my fucking dream is yeah. to have that tablet. Cause like I had, I had the, the Wacom tablet that didn't have the screen on it and my brain does not work. Poor bitch. Yeah. <laughs> hey, this was like fucking 2015, 2014, something like that. And my whole thought process was like, oh, this is going to change the way I do design. I opened that thing up once. In and you realize I can't look down and look at what I'm drawing. I have to look at the <laughs> yeah. screen. What the I hell? Told, yeah. And like my entire depth per- perception was just off. So like I never touched that thing again. And did you wear the little, the little glove? No, I actually didn't. The three finger glove. I didn't make it I to the to glove portion. It makes you look official. When I used to like actually sketch or draw, I, w- I had like a little um, like hand sleeve to like, so you didn't like smudge it, you know, like the, the charcoal hand guard. Yeah. So I had that, but it wasn't like a true one. It was just a sock with the end cut off. <laughs> and I slid, <laughs> I slid oh that portion God. onto my hand. Look like a homeless person. <laughs> yeah, I really did. You didn't even cut the hole in the sock. It was just one of your holy ones that were like yeah. five years old. Yeah, I just found it. I was like, oh, this would be perfect if I stuck my hand through it. Sock was hard as a rock, too, I bet. <laughs> That's what made it easy, is that it fit my hand so well. It was like a mold. 
I guess I'm the I'm in the camp of. I mean, I agree with Dante where it it's a de- designer's like preference on how they want to do the illustration portion. I'm someone that does everything in Illustrator, but that's also because Procreate like scares the shit out of me. Like I've I've tried, I've got like I've had downtime at home where I'm like, oh, I'm gonna learn how to, I'm gonna learn how to use Procreate, and I've opened it up and like. This, the, getting the beginning settings up takes fucking forever. It's like it's like a, create a character in a video game where you spend like an hour getting your setup ready, and then you finally jump into it, and you're just like, you're. I'm happy for like the beginning portion of it because I I get the feel of it, blah blah blah, blah and then I get to the end and I look at the illustration. And I'm like, oh, this looks like shit. <laughs> I can't use this. enhance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then I'm just like, and then I just you know I could have just done this in Illustrator and spent the time getting that fit so do you think it's because i know you said that you feel like you're not the best artist as far as drawing do you think it's that you just need more time to practice and get good with procreate or do you think when you're using it it, your true skills come out and you're like i can't do i can't show this to anybody i think i think if i had time to learn how to do procreate or i took the time to like find an online class or like had someone show me like if i had i think the other reason too is that i'm not using it for like a specific purpose so it's like i'm just drawing and procreate to draw but i doodling but i feel like if i like made up like a project to do and utilize it in procreate i could probably teach myself better Mm -hmm. than to just go in there and be like oh i'm just gonna illustrate this thing that means absolutely nothing to me yeah because when you're when you're working on a specific project you've got a specific style in mind you've got inspiration you've got oh i'm gonna use this brush i'm gonna make this look like this i'm gonna make this text look look like this but when you're just doodling like i want to try out these pins or these brushes on procreate it's 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 aimless so yeah, it's not I, it's probably not going to look good unless you're super passionate about yeah it, and just i'm just doodling. i'm so used to doing everything in illustrator and i have the brushes that i use the most already that i can get a specific look out of them I don't, and also my illustration like style is not so complex to where I need to use Procreate. Like, at least like I know how to draw, but when it comes to like design, like our brains work of like, okay, is this going to translate onto a T-shirt? And like you said too, it's you're mainly thinking layout too. So yeah, you're you're thinking about overall how is the finished garment going to look, not is this a cool trout in this wilderness badge? Exactly. So like, and there's, I'll also say there's a lot of resources out there with like fish and deer that are already illustrated in the style that we need. So I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that there is like, or I'm not going to hide the fact that there are like pre-made designs that like I will use and kind of illustrate over in the way that I want it to. So like that also makes it easy is that I can bring in a screenshot of something and illustrate it in like in illustrator and not have to go through the process of taking it into procreate illustrating it on a slower and doing it slower than I would in illustrator. And then already knowing that I have to like send it out in a TIFF or PNG that isn't vector. I think that's the other reason why I don't use procreate as much is knowing that they haven't gotten to the point where it's going to come out as vector. Yeah. That's so that's my biggest qualm with it. Cause I was, Die hard procreate. I was like, yeah, it's done in procreate. That's the way to do it. You get that hand feel, you know, like the way lines end and everything. It's much more complete or stylized or just cool in my opinion. You also have that tattoo background though. And I know that like tattoo artists like use the shit. Oh yeah. Like procreate. Procreate is like the only tattoo artist app, you know, but I will say that for design, when I first, you know, when I got into the job that we have here, I was like, oh yeah, Procreate, doing everything until, until I got the comment of, yeah, let's just um, increase the line weight a little bit. Oh my God. And then, edits are yeah, and then we're, we should be fine. And it's like, that, I, well. I, Is that quick? Is that too much of a pain of an ass? Pain in the no, 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 I didn't get, I didn't get that question. I just got, yeah, ch- like make the line work thicker. And it was like. Make it bigger. Yeah. Make it pop. That's what she said. Just hit the make line work bigger button. Yeah. yeah. The make it pop. But. You wait, the illustrator's going to come out with that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I think for me, the the biggest plus for Procreate is the just ease of use on an iPad. 
I would love to draw an illustrator on an iPad, but the app on iPad for illustrator is just not good enough. Yeah. Which is weird that they wouldn't like, cause you can get vector out of the illustrator like app I've tried, but it's like, it does not work the way you would think it would work for an illustrator. It's like, they literally try to take illustrator from computer style put it on the iPad with no changes. And it's like, well, how the fuck is this going to work? Just make the mouse, the pencil. So it's not like yeah. a mobile version. It's not like a dumbed down version with, I think it, no, is. It, it, well, it kind of is, but it's certain like, features. I'm sure. But for our purposes, it's relatively the same. I don't know about clipping masks and transparencies and all that. It's like, it's like they, all they did was really take away stuff from like the toolbar. Hmm. That's their dumb down. It's like, yo, you don't need these tools on il- the Illustrator or the iPad version of Illustrator. We're just going to take them off to make it look simple. But when you like actually start illustrating, it's like, this does not feel smooth. Like it almost doesn't feel right. There's definitely a delay for one. Yeah. And two, it's not as like, I maybe if you use the pencil tool, it's, but when you use the pen tool and that's the whole point of doing it, you know, because otherwise you just get the same result as if you're using Procreate. The pen tool, it like smooths your paths too much. Yeah. You know? And is that not a setting that you'd be able to change? I would think it would be. Well, it's because it's as you're drawing, it's putting down anchor points, not just like raster, you know, a brush and stuff. Yeah, because it's literally thinking in the illustrative way. So it's like as you're drawing, it's gonna give you those anchor points to change like work on later. It's like literally using when you use the pen tool using your mouse it's like you draw the line it creates a bunch of anchor points but it's just there's something about it compared to procreate where they just haven't established like the way it should be done and i think that's wild to me that like they haven't gotten you're to the that industry standard how have you not you know yeah I don't get know. it together I, maybe maybe they just like phone it in because they know that people are just going to use procreate it's been a while since i've checked out the illustrator app on ipad it could be good now but have you ever used know. fresco or was it i think it's i think it's called fresco, they, or fresco. i know they like they canva changed it up a lot <laughs> with their apps and stuff like it's they're like oh have you tried this one because we're not really supporting this anymore because we know you all hate it and you know what because of that we're just going to get rid of pantone colors too so yeah uh, but it's like, how, many, how many people are going to jump at using illustrator that have already like perfected using procreate well that that's my issue it's like, well, I know how I like to draw and I know the result I'm trying to get. I can't do that in Illustrator or I could do it, but it's going to take twice as long and maybe, maybe get the same result, if not slightly less, you know, good. Yeah. It's almost like it's going to like just that limitation of your knowing your own limitation is going to affect whether you push that limitation on this one client. So it almost dictates like how how what what type of design this client is going to get because you're like oh well I don't want to go through the whole process of illustrating something in Procreate so now I have to adjust what my illustration is actually going to be yeah even though you may be like oh this illustration would be fucking sick for well, this client time plays a factor in that yeah it's like how long can I take time to illustrate this thing how can you trust that this illustration is not going to go to waste are they going to want it. Or is it going to be a waste of your time to put the amount of effort into it? Yeah, and I think that goes back to like the research and like the research part of it because you're gonna like in the process of thinking of the concepts itself, you have to be like, oh, this one would be really cool, but is it gonna be wasted on this client? Like, are they worth this design that I just thought of? And then you have to adjust it, or like you know, the that's why I think that's why like I, I think the layout part of my development came later in my career where it's like like when i first started it was like oh i'm just gonna create whatever i think is cool and that's the stage i'm at yeah i think that's where the three of us are yeah exactly like y'all are in the part where like oh i just want to do i just want to do something cool i want to do this and it's i i it's gonna look great like they're gonna buy it i know that they're gonna love it blah, blah 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 but then like i've had enough of those be like yeah, we want to do something simple. We want to do something clean. That's too much this, too much that. So it's like my brain now works in simple layouts. And for most people, it works. But I think in a lot of times, it also hinders creativity because it's like, oh, I don't want to push. I don't want to push that boundary because I've already been burnt too many times. Well, by, pu- trying to by push pushing those, those boundaries and stuff, you're literally just trying stuff. 
You know, it's yeah. not like, oh, I have this exact idea that I'm going to do and execute it perfectly. And it's going to be exactly the same on the page as it is in my head. It's like, no, it's like, oh, well, let's see if this works. Yeah. And it's like, but if you like work with enough clients where like you get the same shit over and over, or let, let's say you work with, let, let's pick a genre. So it's like outdoor brands. You work with enough outdoor brands that you know the style. They all want the same style, more or less, that you're going to do the same thing over and over. Just the text is going to be slightly different. You'll change this deer for an elk. You'll change this it's, to that. It's the same frozen yogurt. They're just, this person wants sprinkles and this person wants fruit and this person wants nuts. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think I've fallen into the trap over designing sometimes. Simple is better sometimes for a lot of clients because they're not, they don't want something crazy. They want what you've done like yeah. 10 or 15 times already, like pretty they much exactly. Want, want a word mark, front chest, you know, they don't want a whole illustration and Because a lot of, of these people are just trying to be seen. They just want their brand to be seen. They don't want a beautiful piece of art well, they're <laughs> or con- something amazing. It's just... I want people to see my logo on clothing. I want to sell clothing with my logo on it. Well, what's what's funny is that they're doing they're doing the exact same thing that we're doing in a way where it's like we we research clients in their field. We see what other people are doing and we're like, "Oh, we don't want to do exactly what this what company A is doing for the company that we're working on." That's what they want. But in their mind, they're like, "Oh, we want to be like them." So you need to design something that is like that. But of course we don't want to copy them, but we want to copy them. We want <laughs> yeah. what they have, but we don't want what they have. If that makes sense. Yeah. It, Do exactly this, but make it different. Change the, the title to have our name instead of theirs. That's perfect. Yeah. So it's like, the, that's what, that's what like the limit, like our limitations are, I guess. I do. I do feel like we're getting getting off topic a little bit. I think that's fine. Think we're, still, that's we're, fine. Still, that's we're still in the concept I think portion. It's, okay. I think we're the most natural when we just kind of let it fucking dribble out. Fall out of our face. I mean, yeah, I mean, we can, we don't have to necessarily be like order. Yeah, like we're talking, we're talking about all the things that pass through our minds of like. Of things you have to worry about. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we're on the portion of the things that go through our minds on a regular basis while we're designing. Like it's not just us getting into it. And being like, oh, I'm going to design this and not have to think about anything. Like, as we're designing, we have to think about, like, what the client's going to think when we, when we show them. Are they going to like it? Do they think it's part of their brand? Was it going to be when it gets to the production process? Like, is this going to translate onto an apparel piece? Do I need to dial it back? Do I need to make the line work thicker? Do I need to spread the the text out a little bit more like i'll spread your text out a little bit i'm waiting for the day for someone to do that it's all just empty promises right now yeah it's like no one's gonna jump at the chance that's something we could talk about is how spreading (laughs) (laughs) yes exactly let's expand on that no but um what i was trying to say was uh how whatever the medium we're gonna be producing our art for affects the actual art itself absolutely Cause how how many of y'all have designed something for like a like print like poster or something like that? Have y'all done? I'm trying to for like think. Paper. I know Dante has or is not, not in the process college. right now. The uh, puzzle. Oh yes. Well, yeah. I mean, I find that I am designing a, a puzzle puzzle packaging right now it, with print stuff. As far as like paper, you kind of do whatever you got the, the pop filter on that one. The puzzle print packaging. <laughs> Peter. What's a puzzle? What's my father hears about this? No, I mean, with, with paper, you can kind of do whatever the hell you want. Um, when it comes to things like screen printing, you have to be mindful of how many colors you use. You have to be mindful of uh, the sizing of things uh, and how it's going to be, you know, is the size going to translate well? I, I can't. So many times I've designed something and just gone balls to the wall, just started drawing and didn't realize there was like 12 or 14 colors in it. And I realized later on, I'm like, Oops. this is going to be screen printed. Yeah. This isn't going to work. And for all of us, we were not like apparel people. We didn't have that thought process in our mind when we first started. So like my, I didn't gather the thoughts or I didn't, I didn't think that like 
there were limitations. Like I, I went in thinking that I could do whatever I want. Like I have the freedom to illustrate what I want as long as like it makes sense for the client and it's cool. And then you get to your first like proof and you're like, oh, well, it can't be bigger than this size. You're limited to this many colors. How's it going to feel if it has an underlay? Like what color is it printed on? Within your design process, you should be thinking about what the application is going to be and understanding and have a good understanding of what the possibilities and parameters are for that, for that process, that print process. Yeah. yeah. If you're printing on, if you're doing it for paper print or like, you know, packaging or whatever, like you're, you have a little, a little bit more freedom while also having different limitations because, you know, packaging, it's on a smaller scale. So you have to make sure like it's legible, like, color bleeding like all that stuff but for us yeah you got to think of you know is this shape gonna look good like i can't tell you how many times i've designed like a circle shape and it can like i found the perfect size to be like 10 inches wide because if you go too big the circle turns into an oval it's like you learn those things as you design more and more is that like oh this shape is only gonna look good this look good at this size so the illustration can't be or you know the type can't be super thin or you know it has to all fit together yeah it's like you i mean you learn certain tricks of the trade as you design more and more or you you make more mistakes like you you learn and adapt as you the i guess the i I should say the best designers learn and adapt With all the with all this being the right now, you know our process and things to worry about. What of that was like new knowledge for you, and what about that is what what have you changed in order to incorporate all this stuff? Is it a is it like heftier research phase, or is it just like you know put the headphones in and put them on noise cancellation and just like think super hard, you know, especially with deadlines, you know, being considered. What what's different now, now that you've learned these things that what you thought it was before or what your process was before? Well, I think it was it, it really just has been a trial and error thing. Like you kind of figure this stuff out on your own or have been told by, you know, people that you present this stuff to. A lot of this stuff, there was no way that I was going to figure it out on my own without the trial and error process. I do take that stuff into consideration now when I'm designing something I have that in mind before I start or have somewhat of an idea when before it was really just make something cool and that was my priority was just make something cool and it didn't matter if it was practical and it didn't matter how much it was going to cost or what the application of it would be that should be part of your research that should be part of your initial process is figuring out what the hell it is going to be in the long run before you just start throwing stuff together yeah and like I said, when I first got into like the apparel industry, that that's that was my thought process too. Is just make make cool shit, make cool shit, make wherever you thought a, like anyone would like. No matter no matter what who the client is, it was like I just want to make cool stuff, and that had to change because that thought process doesn't work for everyone, and. Especially when you were like, I'm not an outdoor person, never have been. I'm not a gun person, never have been. But in my, in the previous job, like I had to work or I had to design for a lot of outdoor brands, gun brands, firearm brands. I had to almost like pick up that knowledge of that field in order for me to design for that. I'm a fitness guy. So I I follow a bunch of fitness influencers. I'm pretty fucking fit. Yeah. Fitness if you can see ass. me, since this is an audio medium, I'll show you medium. I'll show you small. <laughs> medium. But like that that's something that comes very natural to me. I follow in fitness influencers, I follow gyms, I follow other fitness apparel brands. Like I see what people are doing. That's all where your, the time. your interest and uh, inspiration kind of lies. Yeah. Those line up for me, but in order to succeed in the design, like you have to like basically open your knowledge up to other fields that you never would have thought you'd be designing for. Yeah. Like I'm like, I'm a, I'm a gun guy, but I'm not a hunting guy. So like I've gotten the, 
oh yeah, that's a, that's actually not a uh, Canadian elk. That's a red-tailed, uh, you know, New Mexico fucking beaver. I, wh- whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Some other fucking antlered thing that's, oh, this one's actually a little bit bigger and the color's different. It's like, well, I'm printing it in white. What does it matter? But to these people, this is a silhouette. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is a silhouette of the head. How can you tell? Well, the antlers are different. Okay, and then go like stuff like that. I had to learn, you know. And I know Dante too with some of the gun brands because you're not a gun guy, right? Not at all. I don't know the first thing about guns. I don't know the first thing about outdoors. So, like for you, kind of the if it was a you know 22 rimfire ammo company and Jesus you show Christ. them centerfire, they're like, "What are you doing, you fucking?" I already idiot. went glassy. I already went glassy eyed. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, what I said made sense. <laughs> the animal part didn't, but the gun part did. Yeah, and that that goes that goes for other you know companies too. When you're when you work for a merchandising company, like you're going to be exposed to a lot of different brands, like you know rock climbing gyms. You're going to be exposed to. They're usually pretty good about sending inspiration. Yeah, I bet they are. <laughs> uh, like. You will you will literally see brand like every brand out of the sun, and you don't get to pick and choose. You're given this project, you got to design for them, so that's where the research part increases time, because you got to put more time into the research portion of your design process for a brand that you do not know a whole lot, or the the genre that you do not know a whole lot of, versus something that's your bread and butter. Like I spend a lot less time researching fitness stuff for a brand than I do an outdoor brand. Research, research, research. Understand what you're designing for rather than just, you know, hitting the ground running. What most people expect that we do. We say, oh, start designing this. We immediately open Illustrator. It seems like that is probably the most important part of the design process. That goes back to what we were saying earlier with like the research is actually the longest part. That, longest that will, and most important. Longest and most important because that's going to shape the entire project. What do you guys think with, with this in mind? What do you think your biggest tip on either it could be something specific about research or what's your biggest tip to um, either new designers or our peers that are starting a new project? Don't all speak at once. I was seeing the other two want to speak up first. I don't know. I mean, I feel like we've kind of covered it, you know. Summarize I would, I would say... Do, Summarize it in a tip. Do as, as much research as you can in the time that you're given. I know you've got a lot of these times you have deadlines to meet, but the researching part should probably take longer than the actual designing part because when you get to the point where you've got this finished design and you don't know who it is you're designing for or whatever it is that you've researched is inaccurate, you're going to have to redo it anyway. So, I mean, do your research and make sure it's thorough research. Be in the wrong ballpark without research. Or you can be in the wrong ballpark even with research. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've gotten the, the customer design brief where it's like, yeah, we want cyberpunk. And we spend a week, two weeks giving them cyberpunk. And then they go, yeah, we don't want cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. You know who you are. I would say... Fuck you. <laughs> I would say... To kind of like, uh, like work off what Dante said, like the research, don't take the research part for granted. I know that when I first started designing in general, like I thought I want, I wanted to get straight to the designing portion. Cause that to me, that's the fun part is like, I want to get straight to designing. You know, I, I have something in mind, blah, blah, blah. But the most important one, the most important part of it is making sure that you're in the right ballpark or you're you're not just designing for design sake. Like you're doing something that is hitting all the right notes. So I would say like, take your time to do your research, no matter how long it may take. I know that if you're working for a company and you're under time restraints, like that is going to hinder how much time you put into research, but you know, take every, don't take it for granted. Jump Jumping off that, that's kind of what, what I'm my tip is too, but it's kind of like because you talked about oh no you it like usually when there's a design project that comes in you instantly have one or two designs that you could do and you'd be like oh this would be sick you know my thing is is take your um your 
I, I guess ego, but like take your fun out of it for a second. Like step back and be go, okay, I want to do this, but would this work? And then do your research and figure out if it does and then make the design or make the the whole project. But it's don't, don't get stuck in what you think would be cool to design, you know, think about what would work and what they want. Cause in, in the end designing, we're just like, Visual problem solvers, if that makes sense. Visual organizers. Take yourself out of it. I mean, I think you guys pretty much nailed all of it. So you nailed. <laughs> the the research part is essential, even though a lot of people that aren't don't do what we do might see it as just like us fucking around, but it definitely is essential to the process if you want a good output. But if you if you're making the time frame, set yourself time for research. You know, it's, it's way easier to think about what you're going to do and have a good idea of what you're doing rather than just doing and doing what you think would be cool. Like, cause in the, like Dante said, in the end, you just have to go back and change it or make an adjustment, or maybe you lose a client because of it, you know, but solving the client's problem is, is your job, you know? So doing it properly is doing that research. And that's a big part that's overlooked by Bosses, non-creatives, clients, whatever it is. It'll, it'll save you time and headaches in the future. And if you want to follow that, become a freelancer or start your own design firm. But those, even when you do those two things, you're still going to have to adjust what, what type of research you do and how your design process goes with each client. So it's something you really can't run away from. <laughs> do we cover all the bases? I think we did. Um, we talked about our process. We talked about things to look out for. We didn't talk really about how our design process has changed over the years, but we talked about things we've learned that we now have to take into consideration. So kind of covered that. We didn't really talk about like, well, I guess we talked about here and there with like des- design for a company versus freelance, but I, don't, I think I said most of that. Did we hit uh, workflow tips? I think that was the last part in a way like i think it went from being workflow to just like general tip to the design process and i think that covers it thank you all for listening you can check us out on instagram at let's get graphic podcast this episode is brought to you by blue apron (laughs) we're gonna get we're gonna get tagged for that one oh god (laughs) Uh, he's talking about in minecraft oh okay this this episode is brought to you by haters of harry potter goblet of fire thanks guys